Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coltside Radio's Late Night Movie. Enjoy as your two glorious hosts, Carl Caper and Stephen M. Ronquillo, bring you the best in cinematic quality and rarity and lost gems that you should see more. So, let's get this show started. And tonight, Feature is coming soon to this theater as its next attraction, Charles Bronson. And Andy Lone for Sean Pune and Ursula Andrews. And Terrence Young's production of Red Sun, The Sword, The Money, The Betrayal. Find out about it all when you see Red Sun. Coming soon to a theater near you. Thank you very much. Forgive me for the sound imbalance, folks. That was my first attempt at a radio ad. I hope it wasn't that bad. What oh, that was pretty goddamn good. What did Carl think and our special guest host who's going to be with us twice this month on Criterion Month, the one and only host of Vicky Love Sci-Fi and Vicky Sci-Fi Theater, Vicky Love. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. What did you think of it? I liked it. If that's the first attempt, just keep on and keep on. That was great. Yeah. Because the original trailer, as when we played it, it didn't have any of the sound bumper things. This is a film that, well, I wouldn't call Red Sun high art, but I loved it as a kid and I love it now. This is one that Carl's loves, he's been talking about since I met him. And Vicky loves, and her mother <laughs> loves this one, too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I just remember that, uh, well, one of my very earliest film memories is this movie. And, uh, uh, well, I won't say earliest, but uh, I, when I saw this film, uh, it made an impression on me, and I still remember so many of the different scenes that uh, struck me as, wow, that's kind of uh, what real life is about. And B-movies are the ones that usually strike you as, shit, that's what life is about. (laughs) (laughs) And how did you first run into this, Carl? Well, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day, and and I keep thinking HBO, but in this case, it wasn't HBO or or, or that. We had a channel uh, that we could get when we were in Bradford. It was out of Hamilton, Ontario. And on Friday nights and Saturday nights, if you could get the channel, they would run films uncut. And that's where I saw this. And I saw it probably like 73 and, wow! Yeah, I loved it. Uh, um, I saw it at the I drive-in. Was, at that point, I was a Watson fan, and, and so yeah. Good, Carl. Fun. 
Carl, how did you not see this at the drive-in? We didn't see this at the drive-in. He didn't run this at the drive-in. That's crazy because I saw it first run in 1971 at the drive-in theater. Well, look at well, what you're talking about. This movie my guy was went not pretty much up. straight to TV. Yeah, yeah, as far as I know, it went straight to TV. I didn't see this. Uh, and anyway, my guy, if this was released by Warner Brothers, he was independent. And so he didn't run the movies that they were pushing. He was going back to to uh, um, Herschel Gordon Lewis and all the independent stuff of the 60s. So, so no, this, this one I ran specifically through that Hamilton uh, uh, channel. I forget what the call letters was. But, man, I, I fell in love with this movie as soon as I saw it. I just Okay, well, it. out here in the West, it was run at our drive-in theater. And um, not here in California, but I grew up in Arizona. And in Arizona, the one of the last times I went to the drive-in theater with my entire family, my mom and dad together, um, was this film. Oh, that's really so cool. I, yeah. I know nothing about what how they ran their movies back then. I know nothing about, you know, the the back end of it. I just know that I saw it at the drive-in theater that in 1971 was one of the last times I ever went to the drive-in theater with my parents. And so, and my memory is of sitting on the blanket watching the movie on the gravel. At the I remember watching this on a Saturday afternoon with my dad in the W-A-T-E Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah, so you're the only one, Vicky, that's seen this on the big screen. You're lucky. You're very wow. lucky. Not many people have seen this on the big screen. Yeah, that must be true because you know, that whole theater drive-in, God, I think we even saw it at the uh, rodeo drive-in theater, which was way far. It was like in Tempe or on the south side of Phoenix. Um, God, that's a long time ago. But still, yeah, that's where I saw it. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, people, we I'm got this it. set up at basically the Warner Brothers logo, O-O, so get the movie ready and get it set up and, well, pause this while you're getting it set up and then follow us after the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, go. This was the third film that two of the bad guy and the good guy, Alan Delon and Charles Bronson, did together. The first ones were Violent City and uh, Goodbye Friends. I think Honor Among Thieves come out after come out after this. Uh, actually, I'm not sure about. <laughs> but yeah, in Italy, Ch- 
Charles Bronson was a god because of a little film called Once Upon a Time in the West. So he was only second to Clint Eastwood as a box office star. I love that film. I didn't know she was in this. Luke Miranda. Two seconds behind you. Well, we're just doing the credits. Right. We can't do anything about it. Laird Coin. Laird Coin. By the way, I rented this off of Amazon for $1.99, so anyone who has Amazon Prime and wants to watch it, it's only two bucks. And me and Carl are watching this through the hundred years of Mufune's thing that the Criterion <laughs> uh, channel is showing Restart. this month. And this is the best I've ever seen it look. What about you, Carl? Carl, you there? Look at that horse. Us horse people look, notice that kind of thing. Oh. oh, my God. The water tower isn't there, but that's... That's awesome. He let his horse go. Yeah. Terrence Young. What film do we know Terrence Young for? Where's Carl? Dracula and Frankenstein. Oh, here he there is. There we go. Push Already open up. here the rest of the world. And the... First, ambassadors watch Can you hear me now? Only after a yeah. long and perilous. Let's go. Do you recognize that, that train station, Carl? Still further dangers to be faced on land on their way through the west. Yep. Good the water station. Yep, missing, that is that's from a uh, uh, um, uh, once upon a time in the west. Time in the west. Well, no, there it is, the water station. I think. Uh, the windmill's missing, or else they just haven't shown it. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I wanted to say, I got kicked off, so I had to get back on. Uh, Terrence Young, you were saying what films are is he known for, and he's known for the first three Bond films, particularly. And Frankenstein uh, and the, the Dracula film from Hammer. No, 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 that's Terrence Fisher. This is Terrence Young. Terrence Young was known for the first three Bond movies, Dr. No, uh, from Russia with Love and Thunderball. He also directed Wait Until Dark, which is one of the great thrillers. And there there you get the... This was supposed to break him out in the Western audience. Okay, so something's oh, happening. The windmill. Yep. What happened, Vic, is when they built the station for what's upon a time in the West, for some reason they actually built a real station. <laughs> and it actually stayed up there. 
Well, that's really awesome because you can use it in so many different films in so many different ways. Where was this filmed? Almerida, Spain. And isn't this the most gorgeous you've ever seen this film look, Carl? Oh, it's gorgeous. And there, there's our third guy, which is Alan Delon. The mm. <laughs> terrible old friend. His name's Donald Trump? Oh. No, he said now jump, but it just sounded like Donald Trump. Jump. (laughs) There goes the press. I want that hat, Carl. I want that feathered hat, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You look very good in it, Steven. I know. I'd style it, though. I think he looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. And, of course, that guy right there, you've seen him in a lot of spaghetti westerns. Oh, absolutely. Now, this film was produced uh, in combination of four or five countries. Including the U.S., France, Italy, Spain, and uh, and also uh, uh, Japan. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of uh, um, different people worked on it. Lots of mm-hmm. different monies into it. That's a good thing. True, truly, an international effort. Absolutely. Ah, oh, when you could smoke on trains. When we rode on trains. Yeah. Oh, I did. I love traveling by train. We have trains. We use trains out here all the time in the West. Yep. Trains have never been out of fashion. That's how you guys get all your fresh vegetables. Terrence Young did three films of Bronson, A Cold Sweat, Red Sun, and The Veloci Paper. And uh, Cold Sweat and the Balachi Papers were directed by Terrence Young. Yeah, that's what I said, Terrence Young. Yeah. And he replaced... uh, Sam Fuller on The Klansman. Then he made one of Carl's favorite war movies, which is Inchon. Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, (laughs) very good. Oh, my God. The bystander gets killed. I was wondering, you know, today's movies, you know, the bystander doesn't get killed. You got to be PC. 
Look at in today's movies, we just run over all those sheep. Yep. Or sheeple. <laughs> yep. But yeah. And every single guy. <laughs> <laughs> those three, the Veloci papers is the one I'd recommend people who'd seen the most if they hadn't seen it. It was first, uh, Bronson's first really dramatic role, too. Yeah. Uh-oh. And when you need killing, you only have to bring in the Mexicans. Why? Because we know how to do the fish. Well, you guys are good at it, right? They said senor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I can't stand to watch the animal abuse in these movies. It really hurts me. Don't worry, this is after the horse soldiers, so there were strict guidelines. Stricter, not like today. (laughs) Italian Mexicans. <laughs> oh, Jeez, <laughs> right, dude, they'll kill you. You have a better chance oh, out yeah. in the desert. <laughs> I just love the big grin that Bronson has on his face throughout the whole movie. Oh well, you know he really enjoyed this film. He also struck up a good friendship with Mifuni. Delon too. That was the one that I keep thinking, forgetting of the Bronson Delon films. Right. And Delon was a very famous star in in uh, Europe. Um, very famous. I'll I'll get his his IMDb here in a second. There's a film I would recommend with Alain Delon. It's uh, Les Samurai, which is one of the great French uh, gangster films. But he was in so much. That may be the worstiest dynamite I've ever seen in my life, Carl. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Another great Alan Delon film is uh, Mr. Klein. And And here we go. I'll just take one. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, just give just give us all one bag. Mm-hmm. Also, would you believe that Alan Delone is the first person who ever portrayed Tom Ripley in Purple Noon? Oh, that's another great one that's on the Criterion Channel. Gosh, I had I did a study on that exact thing. Once upon a time in the West. 
this mm-hmm. is less furniture. And also different uh uh There's no need to be disrupted. Well, guess who's gonna kill who later on? Yeah. Those eyes tell you everything. It's sad that Mafudi really didn't get the breaks, but the break he deserved over here. Because even in the trailer, Mafune is really not built up. Mm-hmm. Well, racism reigns. You know, it was only 1971, early 70s. What do you think? There was some kind of amendment passed or something. <laughs> Well, Rashomon was a big hit over here. Uh, the Seventh Samurai was a big hit What's over here. We were only as, in as certain, only, you know, but only in certain segments. It's not universally loved. We're going to get killed by a million Seventh Samurai fans now, aren't we, Carl? Yes, we are. <laughs> just they, reroute them to me Hey you guys It's just the truth Okay I'm not saying that the films were bad That the actors they're great The films are great I'm saying that it, it's not universally loved By everyone And it wasn't you know the big hits That it sounds like you're saying No Seven Samurai Definitely was and it was redone no. not even eight months later as The Magnificent Seven. It came out the next year. Right. Right, right. I know. It was one of the first films to ever get dubbed for a wide U.S. release. Right, Carl? Yes, it was. Still, outside of your base, I would say the average American person never saw it. I would agree with I don't you. Count. Absolutely, I agree with you. Yeah. Mm. Geez, there must be a coronavirus out there or something. No, just a beagle. <laughs> oh, man. I think his only U.S. film after this was The Challenge. I'm not sure. I know he did Black Rain. Yeah, he did Black Rain. 89. And of course, Shogun. Don't forget Shogun. Right. Oh, yeah. And Tora, Tora, Tora. Tora, Tora, Tora. Tora, Tora, The movie that scared the crap out of me. Uh oh. Is that the Mexican? (laughs) No, the white boys. Yeah. Oh. I thought they were coming to take the the rest of it. No, they was working with them. Oh, okay. God, what a beautiful horse. Oh, he was also an inch on Mifuni. He was in Midway. He was in Paper Tiger. Paper Tiger was a good film. Yeah. I 
Die the same way. <laughs> yeah. Those are great words, man. And the challenge is a great one too. It's kind of weird, but God is it fun? Yeah, agreed. This may be one of the few times I've ever seen this without commercials. been double crossed. They've got him, and you'll see what happens. Time in the West, The Great Escape, so on and so forth. Uh, but this was in that period where he was doing really good work before Death Witch and, and doing a lot of work overseas. And, and he's really honing his chops here. Well, I have a theory about that. Okay, go ahead. And I came up with this back then. Because I always liked Charles Bronson, and I was not a huge fan, forgive me, of um, John Wayne. And so I always thought that Charles Bronson's star rose higher as not just John Wayne got older, but once he died. Mm-hmm. Well, if we would American... that version of Once Upon a Time in the West that makes sense, Back then, rather than the butchered piece of crap that we did get, 
I'm right. sure he would have been a right. bigger star over here sooner. Yeah. But there's only so much room in the American mind for heroes. And if you have uh, the rising star of Clint Eastwood and you have the older sunsetting star of John Wayne, there's really not a lot of room for Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the start of the uh, battle of wills between the two of them. And you'll see that Miss Foodie wins every one of them. <laughs> the more I watch this, the more I realize how much did Shanghai Night steal from this movie. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, well, isn't that what they said? Wasn't that one of their um, advertising points? Yeah, after they got called out on it, right, Carl? <laughs> right. Once they got called on it. Well, didn't you just go right down into it? Why didn't you stay on the top? Because he was, he was trying, trying to, get to away. escape from him. That's why. Oh, I must have missed that as I was shutting the door. Well, that's what he was rolling down the hill for. Oh, I didn't know he was trying to escape. Sorry. Sorry, audience. That's okay. But, yeah, once Death Wish hit... Well, yeah... It was uh, Death Wish and the Mechanic, right? Carl, there was like next to next, and those were two that made him into a big star. Yep, and the third one in that crew would be Mr. Majestic. Yeah. My mom just gave the movie thumbs up. Yay, Georgia! Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. But the best one of Bronson's from this period, and I hope you've seen it, Vicky. If you haven't, you need to. Would be Rider on the Rain. Uh, probably. Or would you debate me on that one, Carl? Uh, any of those. Rider on the Rain. Uh, the Rene Clement, who was a uh, French thriller director. Wonderful film, Rider on the Rain. Wonderful film. Probably the best of his French films. In that one, uh, Vicky, he plays a police, uh, arm, a military policeman who's investigating this guy who escaped from military custody and who ends up dead. So he ends up investigating this woman who lived right next to where the body was found. And that's me not ruining any of the surprises. Oh, no, not at all. Well, that sounds like a... Oh. And it's not an action film. If you get the poster, it looks like Bronson's going to... sexually molest the girl, and that has nothing to do with the freaking movie. All posters back then look like the girl was going to be raped or something. Yeah. Oh, where the girl's clothes are shredded. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
And the weirdest one of Bronson's period of this was From Noon Till Three. Oh, I love that movie. And funny you should bring that up, because that movie showed his comedic side, and so does this one. And we're getting on to a scene here coming up here that I love, and you'll you'll see it when it happens. probably drooling, aren't you? <laughs> well, um I, I can I can eat some sushi. Fish, rice. I don't like Little fish that much. Good stuff. Yeah, that's I wouldn't uh, fish is not my favorite. Rice. I love it looks like you asshole. There we go. <laughs> Is this that scene you like? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting on it. Here, we're getting up to it. Especially if you would see this in widescreen. Uh, just amazing. Yeah. 
I, I envy you, Vicky, for seeing this on the big screen. Seriously. Yeah. And this is the first time, I think, ever that there's been a decent print of this on video. That isn't Agreed. blurry in some ways. Well, when we first heard about this was, what, about three years ago? They yeah. had that ad, and and uh, I looked, and we looked at Red Sun, and it's like, oh, my God, I must have this. And it's still not out on disc. Because if you notice, there wasn't any releasing company in the credits. This, the right no. issue to this one is weird. Probably because there are so many different foreign monies in it. Exactly. Oh, oh. Whoever had to take that fall. There we go. going to pull a tree out of the ground? What? No, Phil, beat him with a stick. This is the scene. Oh. I love this. I love this. God, he's so great. Cat's still on. 
<laughs> Somebody made a super cut of that seed. It goes on for 10 minutes on YouTube. It's just a re- re- wonderful. This is part of, well, yesterday was Shiro Mafune, what would have been his 100th birthday. And the Criterion Channel has some of his best, of the best. They have... So one that I would recommend the most is a Rashomon, a Stray Dog, The Dead Don't Die, and this. What would you suggest they see, Carl? I, I think everything you, you, you did, they uh, they have Redbeard on there, too, and I would recommend Redbeard also. Aren't Red they running um, Seven Go Samurai? Yeah. Yeah, Seven Samurai, too. One of the things I like about this film more than anything else is it gives Bronson a, a chance to be more relaxed. And, and, and funnier and, and, and that. And he really is. And being a comedic sidekick rather than the action focus. Right, exactly. Well, this is more like a buddy movie. Or, you yeah. know, how, how they do the two friends. Yeah. First they're enemies, then they come together out of necessity, then they become friends. Yep. Yeah. Exactly well, don't forget, this, this movie created a lot of the rules because it was one of the first. Right, right. Because you know who this reminds me of? You know, um, who must have watched this a lot, I would say. Um, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Coming together. Oh, the film that uh, Toshio Mifune is in that inspired Star Wars is on the Criterion Channel 2, The Hidden Fortress. Yeah, I know that George Lucas watched a lot of these and was a fan and emulated these films. Well, a lot Star of them. Wars is based on The Hidden Fortress, which is a Curacao film. Right, right. I know. I've read a lot. Your mom is a whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <gasps> wow. No, uh, no honor in that. Now here comes the only part of the movie I really couldn't believe. A samurai that doesn't know how to ride a horse. Well, horses aren't really um, indigenous to Japan. They brought them over. Yeah, but horses was the main mode of rapid transportation. In Asia, not so much Japan. How come they're not raping her? I don't understand. I think they already they already have. Oh, okay. 
Another woman. I never saw that on TV. <laughs> yeah, why don't you scream at horses more and make them run? <laughs> Crunch. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Why is he holding a stick? Oh. <laughs> That's good. Really? Bad old wills. Also, a battle of who's, you know, we're both worthy. Yeah, it was more like the warrior, the honor of warriors than wills. Exactly. him Corona. <laughs> yeah. How come I didn't notice where that ranch was? I don't know. How long has it been since you've seen this film? Yeah, but why didn't I recognize the McBain freaking ranch? Well, again, how long has it been? It's 20 or 30 years. <gasps> yeah. As if that's really going to matter. 
Look at fake cactus. <laughs> Those fakes of war are just really funny. <laughs> the only place the world cactus grow are, is Arizona, the desert, um, Sonora Desert. Now, this is supposed to be they, New Mexico, by the way. Well, they don't grow in New Mexico, by the way. Well, I'm just saying it's supposed to be New Mexico. I'm not well, saying they Well, they just got everything over. wrong. Everything's wrong That's in this thing. for God's sake. <laughs> Look, he chose the right horse. It blends in. See, now he knows how to ride a horse. horse. Oh, yeah, that dapple, dapple gray. Yeah. But Charles Bronson knows how to ride. He holds the reins right. Everything's right. That had to be a great place to shoot at. I mean, just look at all these shots they can get. Oh, well, this is one of the things about this film. It's one of the most gorgeous westerns I've seen. And you can tell this was shot in Weissman. Yeah. Just look at that. Especially if you're used to a full-frame version of it. Right. Red Sun. Of course, each time you see it, it, it's a day. He has seven days. Yeah. So now we're on the third day. That's why he's tying the knots. Right, exactly. Three knots now. Mm -hmm. Lord looks back and says, okay, when are we going? You can tell, man. Look at that face. He has it one is of the a most beautiful face. faces I've ever seen on, on, on an Asian actor. He had, and and it, just a raise of an eyebrow, whatever. On an Amazing. Asian actor? Did you really say that? Well, the, one of the reasons oh I God. said that was there are several other, there's Korean actors. Uh, who are uh, Asian? <laughs> yes, that's true. Who are also very good. I don't want to just say Japanese. Uh, how about expressions <laughs> on a human actor? <laughs> I love this. Really? You're drowning him? <laughs> oh, hell. Oh, hell. <laughs> thank you to Criterion for putting up such a gorgeous print of this. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. God, 
Charles Bronson without a shirt on. <laughs> Stop uh, back during his muscular days. Yes. Look at that man. What a strong human being. That's the whole thing, and and this is a Eastern meets Western. It's all about the clash of ideals. And most well, of these you can understand that Fushio Mufuni's character is a man out of his time. He's past the time of uh, where the Bushido oh, Code actually means something. That's why he's fighting so hard to keep it. Right. other we're supposed to stay so many feet away from each other and we're not supposed to really do any chit chat well we don't do and believe me there wasn't any chit chat it was just mostly thank you yeah there's no there's nothing like that but i don't see that here i see a lot of courteousness with the regular people all the time But I live in California. It's quite a different experience than other places. See, now they're riding together. They mm-hmm. they see more eye to eye. Good storytelling. Even though this is considered a B movie, it's still really good storytelling. Well, actually, this was a T-movie with an A-movie budget. Well, those are A-movie horses, believe me. Those those yeah. horses are fine, fine animals. 
of this is really at the prime and really started to follow the spaghetti western where they had you could just go and make a spaghetti western look this good for pennies because the sets were already done the clothing was already done oh yeah they had with stables of horses There's some courtesy, huh? And here we have Ursula Andrus. She's only in a couple of scenes. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Again, for me, it's it's both of them, of course, Bronson being lighter, but Mifuni 
without saying anything, he just gives so much in his performance here. What about the girl in the green dress that he ends up with? Look at the look she's oh, giving him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is one of Ursula. Ursula Anderson, sadly, after she made a big splash in the Bond film. You notice there's a lot of people oh. that's worked with uh, Terrence a few times. Yep. You know, so many Bond girls never made it past Bond. Why is it that they knew in the 70s how to make nudity without nudity sexier than nudity? Nudity, absolutely. Absolutely. Because they had to. Well, not at this point. You could have that R-rated. There were several R-rated films in 71. In 71? In 71. Oh, yeah. I just watched yeah. Dollars with uh, Warren Beatty and, and, and Goldie Hawn. And that has and nudity that has full scenes. Full nudity. Well, basically, yeah. I mean, not, 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 you know, frontal nudity, but not, not uh, um, with panties. Let's put it that way. Well, that's not nudity then. Well, well, my point so is, is they knew how to do it with style. Right, yeah. right. I totally agree with what you're saying. One year past carnal knowledge. Oh, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. 
love the interplay. I truly do. So much fun. Watching stuff like Quarantine or Ti- or Tiger King. Oh God, Ugh, a lot less watching Tiger King. Why is that kind of shit even made into something like they call entertainment? Because because people love to watch people stupider than they are, so they can feel smarter about themselves. Oh no, you're absolutely right about that, Stephen. But we had stuff like this when I was a kid. We watched fun. You know, they showed movies on regular TV. Mm-hmm. And really, when you talk about, you know, entertaining films, you know, you don't need a, a huge brain for this or anything. You don't need it. But it's just so much fun and so well done and so workmanlike. And, and and I love this film. I have seen it several times and always enjoyed it. Well, look at Terrence Young's Bond films. There's a lot of fans that would put his Bonds as the best. Oh, absolutely. Heck, one is your second favorite. What's your favorite yeah. James Bond film, uh, Vicky? Well, I'm not a guy, so my favorite James Bond films are... Not really any of them. I have uh, look. I don't want to talk about me and James Bond. I have a personal thing going with okay. it. I like. I, there's plenty of James Bond out there that I watch, and I I watch. I've seen every single one of them. I just mm-hmm. don't have a favorite. 
Well, you guys Mary talk Shiaz about it. Out of the three that he did, of course, Doctor No, Thunderball, and From Russia with Love. But those three, and my second favorite Bond film of all time, is From Russia with Love. From, yeah, I like that movie too. That's again, I saw that one with my father in a movie theater, and I have a great love for that film. Yeah, and plus the bad, the main bad guy was a woman. Yeah, Rosen Who didn't take no love from anybody. As a matter of fact, if Terrence Young and uh, Sean Connery had their druthers, they would have nearly killed James Bond at the end of the movie, and it would have been a cliffhanger. Right. Wow, did you see that? He switched um, hands with his yeah. gun, shooting with the left. That's a that's a great stunt right there. Yeah. That was really great. So he's a virtuoso also, just like um, his samurai friend. Well... Spaghetti film was basically mutated from the samurai film, so the guns were their swords. Right. And so he can shoot just as well with both hands. That's yep. that's a, a talent that most cowboys don't have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then unlike the American films, the females in the, in the Spaghetti Westerns are just as tough, if not tougher than the men. Look at my favorite spaghetti western. Uh, Once upon a time in the West. It ends with Jill, the female lead, becoming right. the beacon of the future and the one who runs the town that starts the future that lies beyond the West. Vicky's the only one that I, well, after the first, I'm still jealous of you, Vicky, getting to see this on the big screen. Yeah, well, it was a drive-in. I was sitting on the blanket on rocks, but still. It's still. (laughs) How's she going to drink water as she's bouncing on that horse? You have to learn that. 
So, what do you guys think of the music? I always oh, like Maurice Joffe. I've always liked his stuff. Well, this is me and Mike have joked about this. You're not going to get an Italian Western, even the crappiest, cheapest one, without a great freaking score. Right. And Maurice Jarre, best known for Planet of the Apes score. Uh, this is really interesting because it shows his his uh, um, versatility because a lot of this is based on American themes and that. Uh, being a French composer, but this is a really good score. I wanted to point that out. And and can I say something? That's a very interesting coat that Ursula Andress has. Boy, she's chic even when she's a prisoner. She came out of her closet. They talked about it <laughs> yeah, that's earlier. True. It's, he bought it for her. Mm-hmm. Remember in the day, remember the day, do that. Yes, when we were kids, you could go outside and find a clean enough place and take a big bowl of snow and then add vanilla and eggs to it and have snow cream and God, it was good. I agree. I remember that. Well, maybe not the West Coasters here. They had sand cream, right, Vicky? Yeah. yeah. Well, when I first moved to California, we had lots of snow in the mountains every year, but not anymore. It didn't even snow here in the south this year. Yeah. We had a lot of <laughs> Yeah, we were pretty... Even even rowdy. here in the city, we only got a couple of days of flurries. Nothing that, that, that stuck at all. Yeah, it was a pretty warm winter this year. Look at this. Oh, my God. How gorgeous is this? Look at the foodie. You don't think he's not a badass. Yeah, but Japan is cold. It's not like the warmest place in the world. Oh, I remember this so well. Just got to get comfortable enough. Don't you, you guys do not like the fact that when they speak Japanese in this movie, there's no subtitles. Exactly. 
I like it. cold. because he has to do it for the English audience. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing we learned about the new show Picard is that Americans supposedly love swearing. And uh, what scene does this take place in they're using almost every ounce of stats they could from Once Upon a Time in the West because that's where Frank's hideout was. Right. Isn't that what he said oh. earlier? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you hear that, you know shit's coming down. You don't have to. You just see him putting on his gun. It's just like an entire demeanor (laughs) change has come over him. Yeah. 
Go ahead, shoot me, you son of a bitch. Squint that eye. Like we all are, but I'm more That's scared you about don't have everything. A lesson plan. What? You don't have a lesson plan because that's the most important thing. If I had a dollar for every time I seen that word online, guys, I'd be rich. What? Le- lesson, lesson plan? Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, if only my superiors had a lesson plan for the future, it'd be nice. Well, and this uh, set here was used in the big gun down, uh, the grand duel, and ironically, the second kung fu kung fu western. You remember what that is, guys? Nope. Tell me. The stranger in the gunfighter was Lo Lee and Lee right. Van Cleef. It looks familiar from other ones, too. Yeah. I'm sure it was used in many. Oh, and that's where, also, where Charles Bronson's brother was hung in Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm-hmm. And that's the kitchen where uh, Lee Van Cleef shot the guy in the beginning of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. You'll find... And that's a weird thing once you really start watching a lot of these spaghetti westerns and things like that. You'll start saying, hey, I know that set. I know that set. Right. Well, of course, you've had a lot of practice with you doing that whole series with Mike Howells. Oh, good Lord, yeah. We were, like, pointing out the same sets all the time in the Shaw Brothers film. Yeah. And those two things appeared first in, uh, what was it, 99 Guns with Jim Brown and Burt Reynolds? Yeah. And, yes, Vicky, I think that was cheap and useless nudity. 
Yes, it was, especially since they're not even going to sleep together. It was almost again, as bad was... as that one scene in Star Trek in the Darkness. Oh, God, that one scene. That's the worst scene ever. Told you not to look. Boom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's those guys who are telling the stories now. See, the one thing I would have to say about the nudity is she's trying to seduce him. Right. Okay. So, I don't know if it's completely gratuitous. It's certainly gratuitous. Yeah, but why is she trying to seduce him? For what reason? You'll see. You'll see why. Yeah, there is a plot reason, but still. Yeah, I agree. What the fuck was that sound effect? (laughs) Was there any use of that sound effects, people? No. Sorry, Vicky. Oh, it's okay. See, he's got the knots again. He's down to one knot. Or two. There she goes again. I love it. They plan for her to escape. Right. Well, yeah, she's a huge liability to whoever she's with once the guns start going off. But I guess she's leading them right to him, right? Is that the whole thing? <laughs> Look at it. Just leave her alone. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> God, these had to be some great writers right here. They're basically riding sideways. You guys have never rode horses, have you? No. I mean, I've I've ridden on ponies. Well, I've ridden horses down things just like that. Arizona is just as rocky and hilly. Quality of the riding. Oh no, that's. They had to have horse wranglers. That's for sure. 
blonde hair and they're going to want to take her somewhere. Well, of course. That's the whole they point. They don't want to kill her. She's a no, whore anyway. But, uh... <laughs> I never expect that, something like that to Typical drunken Indians, huh? <gasps> well, she said she'd kill you. You're stupid. Damn. You're a whore. They were just going to rape you. Big deal. You'd do that for a living. Again, red sun. Or she's oh, wearing gold earrings that. and on a disco album cover, but. <laughs> huh? Shit. Yeah, that's some good horse riding right there. Oh, yeah. Samurai. (laughs) Oh, my God. He actually threw that spear at him. Yeah. offer. No, really, he said it that things around her throat so tight that if they tried to cut it off they'd probably end up cutting her throat. Yeah. I know but he couldn't shoot Okay. You can't use a gun to shoot a knot off of somebody's 
throat. Let me tap Carl and okay. I'll with It's called disposet- uh, suspend your disbelief. Okay, yeah, I can. No, we're, okay. we're going to find out if we're right. Carl, after this, we're going to get you, Carl, and we're going to do this to you, and we're going to find out if it's scientifically correct to shoot the knot off someone's neck. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that to me. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you said everything. Every, you're, you're the one who takes responsibility for everything. So, yeah. But <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong this time. No, you're just going to be you. a scientific dummy because it's a scientific argument between me and Vicky. You're the odd man out. Right. Right, Vicky. Right. Right. Malik shot. <laughs> Lots of Malik shots. <laughs> Why do you think I like this movie so much? There's so much Malik in it. <laughs> you can see. I wonder if Malik's seen this before he shot Days of Heaven. I bet he did. Probably. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> but he already had done on Badlands, too. Badlands came out in 73. So he was always into those shots. Well, if you go back into the 60s, to be honest, with films like Bitter Grass and Ozu. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I love the way he uses the camera to show space in this, you know. Oh, absolutely. Terrence Young was a very right. excellent director who who did more popular things, but but really was a good craftsmanship, you know, good workmanship. He was a hell of an action director. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The cinematography <clears throat> is very good, too. Yeah. Well, when you got stuff like this to work with, Right. Yeah. That's why so many West spaghetti westerns were shot at Alameda because of how gorgeous it was. Mm-hmm. There's even a great documentary about it called uh, "Gunfight at Alameda." I think 
I forgot the name, but it's about the Alameda Studios and that whole time. You knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I love it. Oh, shit. I got to cover it. <laughs> that was a nice cover, don't you think? Absolutely. I can't believe they gave up the high ground. Comanche in New Mexico. No, the New New Mexico I think was Apache. Well, Arizona definitely has the Apaches. That guy has the sword with him. Well, no, I know. no, no. That's, they, they, know, that's they, a big blow. Why would he bring the sword it, with him? Yeah. five-minute scene where they'd had the guns point at each other and do that whole, why should I trust you? 
Mm-hmm. And then this one was like, oh, my God, they're there to kill us. What are we going to do? Shoot. Bye. <laughs> Doesn't that make more sense, Carl? Well, they showed up at the right time. How convenient. Absolutely. Actually, no. They probably had the tribe close to them. They're like, hey, we tried to kill these white women. These two crazy mothers come in here and tried to kill us. Well, no. Remember the one the one uh, uh, escaped and saw where they were going. Yeah. So, yeah, I brought them. The plot device is too convenient. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. happen to agree with you. That's why I brought it up. Him and Bronson always had that great interplay together. That's why they did like four films together. Yeah. And this one, DeLon is definitely third build. You know, he doesn't have as much uh, screen time with Bronson as Mifuni does. And the, the real story is Mifuni and Bronson. And for a one-hour, fifty-minute movie, are you surprised that it's almost over? Yeah, it's like two hours and two minutes. I mean, this—the pacing is really good. It's really well done. And I'm glad Vicky's here. Oh, thank you. Well, and uh, Georgia too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those things you probably said, Oh, I'm watching Red Sun with them today, and George is probably like, Okay, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> she does like this film. And to me, I don't see it as a plot device. It's just that he didn't use the cop-out as none of the protagonists and antagonists are stupid. Right. And how many samurai films have you seen end like this with a big fight in the tall grass? Oh, absolutely. Several. She's got a gun. She's not useless, Vicky. 
Well, nope. she has a gun. It's never shown that she can shoot. It's just that the gun she did shoot didn't have no bullets in it. Right. I love this. Oh, this is great. And I wonder if uh, Bernard, uh, John Williams heard this before he did the Jaws score. This doesn't really sound like that. Um, I'm yeah, it does kind of have that sound to it. Da, 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 da. But yeah, it's just this is just like two notes that just build and build and build and you know. enough water for that. Or is this a shut up moment, Carl? Uh, well, however you want to say it. Yeah, just, just shut up and enjoy the movie. Yeah. Right. Right. There's just not enough water in the desert, southwestern desert for this. Bad guy moment where he does a nice thing. Yep. Well, he actually loves that woman. These days, he probably would have already shot her dead. Get her out of the way. But we never talked about how the 70s humanity was. Where they would have movies where the bad guys weren't your standard bad guys. Right, Carl? Nice. Yeah, that's true. 
The chief's son. Yep. That's seen always You know it's coming, right? Oh yeah. And he's shooting with his shot arm. So wrong. Yeah, now he dies for nothing.
Go, Cheryl. Bye-bye. Great horse. God, I love that horse. And we're going in overtime. There's your um, windmill. Full circle. Yep. Train coming through. The horse is like, Get me off this track, damn it. So he tosses a coin to decide what to do. Asuka. Oh my goodness. Joe Davis. Joe Davis is not American anymore. Kind of Alberto De Rossi. Oh, he was a famous one over in Italian. Yes, he was actually. Look, Aaron. Bro. Eastman color. 
Photofilm Madrid. West Eastman before they paired up with Kodak. Right. And Warner Brothers Pictures Distribution. The fact the music's still playing means we're missing something, I bet. Yeah, I would guess so, maybe. Because why would they have the music playing over a black screen? Well, one of the things they might be doing on that is that's exit music. The lights go up, you still hear the music, you leave, the credits are yeah. The outro. Sort of like a road show presentation. So what did you guys think? It, it's been a, a number of years since I've seen it. What did you think, Miss Vicky? Um, for, I haven't seen it, I maybe seen it twice, so, um, I think it's much better than I even remember it being, and uh, I like the, there you know, that word continuity, I like the continuity of the story, the story held together. I've seen such crap lately, such literal crap in storytelling that this was refreshing, totally refreshing. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me tag along. Oh, I loved it still. Man, we were like little kids. We're looking through the Toshiro thing. We're like, hee 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 this is the well, first movie I love this movie. This I, I, I've always loved this movie, and it has to do with the interplay between Spoonie and, and Bronson. Just the lightheartedness of it, and, and and just you could just tell everyone's having a blast. Everyone's having a good time. And 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 to me, that one scene where Mafuni beats up Bronson is just gold. I. Really, is there another movie where he gets, like, manhandled like that? I don't think so. Not yeah. sure, but I don't think so. Well, but yeah, I, I, and the storytelling... Western, but if you, I like The Stranger and the Gunfighter. Samurai Nights is crap, but you can see that he didn't have the magic and the beautiful, the, the awesomeness that is this movie. Agreed. Agreed. And you're right. I do miss great storytelling in movies nowadays. Right. Right. Well, well this is like a little engine that could. You know, yeah. it's not it's not a, a deep story, but it's so well constructed. And, it, and every piece is there, and it runs like a machine. And I use the word workmanlike. And I mean that in the best sense. And that's what this story is. That's what this movie is. Well, you know, okay, if you're talking about deep storytelling, please tell me what Western is. Because there's not a lot of Westerns out there that are deep storytelling. So this one holds together as a, a, a story that has a beginning, a middle, and end. It has 
good characterizations, uh, except for the the woman. Uh, your characters are three dimensional. Or your two main characters are three dimensional. Oh, the bad and, guy has uh, moments too. A few moments. A few. Yeah, but you know, he's not a complete utter bastard. Well, he's not a complete utter trope. Okay, he's not a complete. Yeah. When he covers up her his um, girl's head because there's smoke and fire, that gives him uh, a sympathetic moment. And An the one bit where he's like, he's got his sword. Who cares? Shoot at them. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know. Um, so... And when we're ta- talking deep uh, storytelling, we're talking like Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, The Wild Bunch, uh, Pat Garrett to Billy the Kid. Right. Movies that take the right. time to let you get to know the characters rather than just mm-hmm. action, 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 action. Which I like those kinds of films, but I always like it when they slow down and let you know who the first people are. Right, oh, exactly. Agreed. And it's like sci-fi. The best ones that I have seen in the past 10 or 12 years have all been on streaming or little released. Uh, Frank and Robot, uh, that one about the spaceship that gets lost in outer space. I forget the title. I don't know which uh, one you're one referring to. The one with Natalie Portman that came out last year, that a sort of adaption of the Colorado Space. Is that the Arrival? No, the Arrival. No, no, no. No, that's another one that fits too. Yeah, the Arrival's very good. It has really good characters and and good storytelling from all points mm-hmm. of view. Yeah. Um, the one where they're lost, and I don't think I. I don't know. Did I see it? I saw Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and um, I did not like the ending at all, but three-quarters of it was pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to watch a movie based on the true incident where they totally ignored the true incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. very true. That's not the actor's fault, though. No. No. Well, thank you for being on, Vicky. And the next time we'll see You're her welcome. probably be in the next couple of weeks before she shows up again for the man who fills the earth. And me yeah, and Vicky are going to be up. doing a Shakespearean film, aren't we? Yes, the Forbidden Planet, absolutely. Um, based on well, takes its ideas from um, Shakespeare's Tempest, so. That's um, that ought to be fun. Yeah. Plus, it, that that film, Forbidden Planet, has um, uh, all kinds of uh, new things in it. The music was um, totally unique and um, first time that type of uh, music with the type of um, instrument they used. We'll talk you about mean, this. The uh, Ridden Planet came out before the day the Earth stood still? 
No, but the soundtrack is completely different. I'll talk about it when we. Um, yeah. No, Forbidden Planet has this. Has this. Um, um, unique sound and not sound, but um, musical score that is different from uh, the day the Earth stood still because the day the Earth stood still still uses. The orchestral, uh, I'm saying that wrong, orchestral, say it. Uh, I see where you're going now. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Yeah, it's still got that. Yeah, and you people will be shocked. Who was the biggest star to come out of Forbidden Planet? And it's not who you think. That's Robbie the Robot. All I'll say is this actor in the movie was on a TV, was on Forbidden Planet, then he was in another movie a couple of years later, then he was on a long-running uh, TV show with the 60s, and then he had a cameo in a Joe Dante film of the 80s because he loved the guy's acting so much. Am I right, yep. guys? Yes, you seat. are. Yes, and by are. the way, if I could just interject uh, for a moment, but Forbidden Planet uh, has the first truly electronic score uh, that's of, what of that's any film that was ever made. That's what we're trying not to talk about right now. Trying oh, to okay. leave some mystery. Okay. <laughs> the mystery. If you okay, want I'm to done. join us, Carl, you can join us. Have Eric send you your copy. Okay. Well, I don't have a player here, so... Okay. You got a computer? Oh. Yeah, I have a computer. Oh, that's right. I haven't oh, really seen if I could do that. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll reteach you how to join the human race again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, You'll need it. Hey, don't yeah. get after him. He's he picked. He's picking up producing like a fish out of water. <laughs> you know, he's a fish going in water. Fish in water. He's just going okay. for it, doing great. <laughs> okay. But yeah. And Saturday, we're going to be doing a live watch of Richard Stanley's The Color Out of Space. Oh, you guys are going to watch that? Yeah. Well, me and Fred. And Saturday, hmm. we have Count Basil and Mistress Arena on the show. And they're That's going to Sunday. Be talking about Sunday, we're going to have them. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday. And they're going to be talking about their uh, acting. We're going to talk about him, about his acting, and Irina's passionate obsession for the Universal Monsters. And I will link it, and they have a show, and they're horror hosts, and they do an online show on the Monster Channel every Saturday night. Very nice. And they're more focused in the early stuff rather than the later stuff. Right. Very good. And Very good. Sorry, people, it's used to our regular KSD late-night movie schedule. The next episode won't be until next Saturday because we need Tony Strauss, and he's not available until next Saturday. And, and that's going to be fun. That, it'll yeah, be always, it's always good to have Tony in for commentary. I always great. enjoy him. Thank you again for... Being on, Vicky, you 
You added a lot. You're welcome. Plus, you're the only one who got to see it on the big screen, so me and Carl can just glare at you. Right. <laughs> well, I kind of, now I wonder, I wonder, how did that drive-in get a copy of it to show? But back then, there were lots of, lots oh, of. Oh, it did um, hit theatrical. It just wasn't a breakout yeah. hit. But it became yeah. instantly beloved as soon as it hit TV. Well, oh, yeah. We we never went to the big movies. When we went to the drive-ins, we went to the ones that um, showed two or three a night, and uh, and were not the you know the the ones that cost a lot. We went to the ones right. that um, gave us our our entertainment um, money's worth, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and we won't. And they have canceled the, the drive-in fest this year, this spring. But we're going to have Gene on the week of anyway. Why? So me and Gene can talk about the greatest drive-in movie ever made and drive Carl crazy as we usually do. Yes, and, and yes, they are talking about ice castles. <laughs> you know, we never done. <laughs> oh, God. And we might have crossing the love song tonight, You just got Vicky. I'm so proud of you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have Carl probably sing the love theme from Ice Castles. But oh, I will. Good night, everybody. I will. And before we sign off, here is a teaser for next week's episode. Thank you both for being on again. And thank you, oh, George, for watching it with us, too. Tell her I said You're welcome. Mm-hmm. She says, you're welcome. Okay. Good night, Georgia. Georgia. Hi, Georgia. Hi, everybody. Good night. Good night. Warner Brothers presents Performance with Mick Jagger. And Mick Jagger. James Fox and James Fox This is a film about madness No soap on the gentleman's collar Madness and sanity Film about fantasy. How much did you give him? Two thirds of the big one. Oh, that's insane. The old man was called in the language of Persia. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm normal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
and sensuality. A film about death. And life. This is a film about vice. And versa. Performance. And stay safe, stay in. Love y'all. Our national anthem. Thank you.